Amen. You may be seated. Happy Mother's Day to all my moms in the house, all my maybe soon-to-be moms, all of my spiritual moms in the house that are discipling someone else, all my great-grandmothers, grandmothers. This is a, a special day for me, so uh, I am super excited. I am excited to be here with you to worship. I'm excited to celebrate these special ladies in our life. Today's message is entitled, How Mom and Grandma Changed the World. And so if you have your Bibles with you, if you have your phone, go ahead and open it up. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. That's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. This is Paul, and he's writing in his second letter to Timothy. And in this letter he says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Talking about Timothy. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So this is Paul, and he's writing to Timothy. And Timothy is not his biological son, but Timothy is his spiritual son. Timothy is someone who he has seen great promise in, that God could use in a mighty way, and he has taken him under his wing, and he has walked alongside him in ministry. So we have three points this morning, and I promise they will not be long. And the first point is, mom and grandma had sincere faith. We see that in Lois, we see that in Eunice, we see that they had sincere faith. We see that they were Jewish followers of Yahweh. That's what they called God. They followed God. And then when they were met with the good news of the gospel, that Jesus came to live a perfect life, to die on the cross for their sin, so that they could enter into a relationship with him. They could have a relationship, a right relationship with the Father through their sins being forgiven by the work of Jesus on the cross. That they could receive the Holy Spirit after Pentecost in the early book of Acts. That they could be transformed, that the old life that they had was dead and gone, and they are made new in Jesus when these Jewish women were met with the gospel, the good news of Jesus. They, didn't, they turned from what they knew, and they followed Jesus. And from that point forward, there was a sincere faith that was cultivated deep down inside of them. The gospel got a hold of them. Jesus was different. Jesus got a hold of them, and it took deep, deep root. And so to all my moms in the house, to all my grandmothers in the house, all my spiritual mothers in the house, I have a question for you, and that is, what have you done with the good news of the gospel? What have you done with the good news of Jesus? This is not a condemning question. This is an introspective question. Let us inspect our hearts right now. When we came into contact with the gospel, that we are set free, that we are dead to sin, and we are made alive to God because of what Jesus did for us, how did that change your life personally? And how has that changed your parenting? You see, when you come into contact with Jesus, it doesn't just change one aspect of your life. When you come into contact with Jesus, it changes everything. 
It doesn't just change the outside, it changes the inside, and a lot of times things get messier before they ever get better. And so how has the gospel, how has the good news of Jesus changed your life personally, and then your parenting? And then what are you doing to cultivate a great, sincere faith? When we look at Lois, when we look at Eunice, we see two women who took Jesus seriously. And a sincere faith is what Paul wrote about with these two women. So how has the gospel come alive in your life? How is it growing you closer to Jesus every day? How are you cultivating? How is it cultivating you towards a greater faith? We also see, I think a lot of times, when we look at the Bible, we see it as a book of, ex- or, uh, of exceptions to the rule. We look at the Bible and we think, these are a bunch of perfect people that I can never be like, and maybe it's just a, a book combined of all these people so I can try my best to get to be as good as them. But I want you to know the Bible is not a book of exceptions. The Bible is a book of examples. And so when we look at this example of Lois, of Eunice, mothers, I want you to take heart. I think a lot of times we can get caught up in this Pinterest world of everything needs to be right in my motherhood. My house has to be agreeable gray. It has to be barnyard antique kind of modern, but kind of not. And when people come in, they don't need to know we live in Arizona and we have to mop our floors three times a day to keep them clean. Everything we do needs to be perfect. And that is a very legalistic, that is a very pharisaic way to look at motherhood. There is no kindness there. There is no grace there. Turn your back on that because that is a lie and do not fall for that lie. Our parenting, our motherhood, your motherhood. I'm, I'm not a mom. I don't plan to be either, so I'm going to, being a dad's working out all right for me, so I'm going to stick to that. Your mothering doesn't need to be what looks good on the outside. Jesus spoke against the Pharisees, and, and that's what they were concerned about. How religious do we look? How well put together do we come off as? Your parenting shouldn't be at its best when it's on a picture posted to social media. Your parenting shouldn't be at its best when you're hunting down likes and comments. Your parenting should be at its best because it comes out of a heart for Jesus. And so when we look at Lois, when we look at Eunice, we see two women that are not perfect because the Bible is a book of examples, not exceptions. We see that there's only one perfect person in the Bible, and that is Jesus. So what does that mean about everybody else outside of Jesus? It means they're jacked up. It means they're just as messed up as me and you. It means that they're real people that we can relate with. We see in Acts chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, this is Luke, and Luke is taking his sequel to the gospel account, and he is writing about Paul and Timothy. In verse 16, verses one, or chapter 16, verses 1 through 2, it says, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there, and his name was Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. And so when we see, what we see here is a Jewish woman, or at least a woman that was once a Jewish person that would have had Jewish peers, is married to a Greek man. Jewish people would consider the Greek people Gentiles, unclean. You didn't talk to them. You didn't look at them. You didn't consult with them. They were not your friends. They certainly were not your um, partner, and they were not somebody that you got married to. 
And so when we look at Lois, when we look at Eunice, they would have been condemned for this. People would have stuck their noses up at them and said, man, they, maybe they were on the right track at one point, but she just married that bad boy down the road in Greece, and we're just really not sure about her anymore. So add her to your prayer list whenever we're reading the Torah this week. And uh, man, we need to lift her up. We see that that was against the custom. And we see also, because they're not perfect people, that there was sin in their life. There was brokenness in their life. There were things that needed Jesus, that needed redemption, that needed restoration. It doesn't say that specifically. We can see because they're people that we we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so as a grandmother, as a mother, Eunice and Lois would have had struggles in their lives. And so moms in this room today, I want you to set yourself free in the gospel and what Jesus has done for you in ever trying to maintain or live up to a status of motherhood that you see on TV, that you see on social media. That's a highlight reel that everyone else puts out. They never put out their darkest days. They never put out when they lock themselves in the bathroom and just cry. And then those little fingers start coming up underneath the door. Mothering is real, and I've realized that. And it's a blessing but it's also a struggle. So as you're mothering, mother in grace. Give yourself a break and know that your identity is not in having it perfect all the time and that your kids are not going to learn from you being perfect all the time. They're going to learn from you and your failures and how you turn to God in those failures and how you love them through those failures. So are we caught up in living in perfection or are we living in grace? Are you living in grace in your motherhood? It takes presence. This is not something that can be outsourced. If we are going to have a sincere faith and we're going to see our kids have a sincere faith, this isn't something that we can put a screen in front of our kids and hope that they learn. This isn't something that we can just take them to church and have a third party teach them everything that, that, that they need to know. As a church, I promise you that our kids' ministry, our preschool ministry, will do everything we can to point your kids to Jesus and hope and the hope of that one day they will follow Jesus with their life, but the big change, the big life change, the transformation takes place in what they see at home. So when we're with our kids, this is dads too, let's be present, let's be with them. Second point today, mom and grandma passed down their faith. Lois was the first to come to faith and she passed it down to her daughter Eunice and we see that Eunice passes her faith on down to Timothy. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So moms, grandmas in the room, spiritual mothers, disciples, how are you training up your kids? How are you training up the souls that God has put in contact with you, that he has entrusted you to steward? Is it being taught? Are you teaching your kids what you believe? Do you know what you believe? Or is it just a feeling that you have deep down inside? It's warm, fuzzy feeling that you get on Sunday mornings, but you don't quite know how to articulate it when you get home. If that's you, I'd say, let's take it deeper. Let's dive deeper into Jesus. Let's really learn what we believe so that we can pass this down, just like Lois, just like Eunice. Is it being discussed? When the questions come up, Are you discussing it with your kids? And is it being modeled? Oh, I think a lot of times we put a lot of weight in what we can say for our kids. 
but I think 80% of the time they're just watching what we do. And they're seeing how we react. They're seeing the change inside of us. So it's one thing to say that we're a believer, and it's another thing to be a believer. It's one thing to say we love Jesus, and it's another thing to love and serve, especially our family, especially when we're tired, especially when you have a long day at work, especially when you just can't go on any further in your own strength. We've got to realize, as believers, we have the Spirit, and we are called to keep loving, keep serving, even when it gets hard. Third point, mom and grandma changed the world. I told y'all this was going to be quick. Thought you were going to be here all day again. I learned my lesson. <laughs> mom and grandma changed the world. What we see in the life of Lois, what we see in the life of Eunice, is that they laid a foundation that God would build upon. When we look at the life of Timothy, we see that Timothy gets his training from his grandmother and his mother, and they raise him up, and they lay a foundation for God to do incredible things in his life. And from that point on, he has a good reputation, and Paul hears about him, and Paul gets excited about him. And he takes him as his disciple, and he takes him under his wing, and he says, all right, Timothy, they've prepared you this far, but God's put us in each other's paths, and we're at this crossroad, and we're going to go after Jesus. We're going to be the church. We're going to display the kingdom and see it advance together. And so Timothy joins Paul. And after he joins Paul, he goes on a missionary journey with him. He helps in writing 2 Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and Philemon. All those little books at the back of your Bible you probably never get to if you don't make it quite past the Gospels. All those fun little letters to churches and to people. Timothy helps Paul write those. He aids him in more missionary work. And then Timothy, who is young in the faith, but had a good foundation, and God continued to build on that foundation because of his mom and his grandma. Becomes a teacher, he becomes a preacher, and he becomes an evangelist. So moms, what kind of foundation are we laying for our children? Your children, they're not all mine. What kind of foundation are you laying for your children? God has entrusted beautiful, amazing, multiple souls into your care. The job before you is big, but I have no doubt that in the strength of the Holy Spirit and your reliance on Jesus in your parenting, in your mothering, especially when it gets hard, that this church is going to have a bunch of little Timothys rise up. It's going to have a bunch of little, little uh, Eunices, a bunch of a little Loises rise up from our preschool ministry, from our kids' ministry, and we are going to see the gospel presented through our kids when they know Jesus, and they're going to take that out into our community, and we are going to see the gospel change our community because of the foundation that you lay at the home and in your family. I love this story of Timothy because this is my story. I would not have come to faith in Jesus had it not been for a faithful grandmother and mother in my life who had a sincere faith and who took me to church and who cultivated that sincere faith, not just in their own lives, which I saw on a daily basis, but also in my life. And they grew that up in me. And then I was ready to be taken under someone else's wings and to be discipled and to be grown in my walk with Jesus. And so when I read the story of Timothy, I can't help but to see myself in it. So, Mama, that's what, I, we're from Texas, so I call my grandma Mama, okay? Maybe it's just a Southern thing just means grandma, all right? Don't worry too much. Thank you for that.
Mom, I know you're serving in preschool ministry, but when you watch this later this week, this is the camera, by the way. I love you, and thank you for that. And mom's in this room. When it gets tough, when you just want to tap out, when you want to go to Cancun for two weeks and let dad take over, remember that God is using you to build a foundation. So me and the staff of our church put together a little Mother's Day present for you moms, for you grandmas in the room today. We partnered up with your kids, and we interrogated them. I mean, we asked them just three questions. We just asked them three questions, and uh, some of them we couldn't air, okay? So the uncensored... Uh, a lot of you moms made my prayer list, though, so... Uh, Hey, y'all got some real kids. I love it. But uh, what we can show, we made a video for. So you guys check this out. That she loves doing stuff that all her kids love doing. And she just takes care of us so well. Um, her loving smile. Um, the environment that she takes care of us. She's super sneaky all the time. Like it's like she's here one minute, and like you look away for a second, it's like you're like, oh, hi mom. Where did she go? Um, solving problems. I don't to make me feel better. Her her superpower is cooking because she's really good at cooking. Um, I think her superpower would be love. Her superpower would be being of love. Caring. That girl. Jokes. The funniest thing is when she 
All right, all right. You're here, you made it. Welcome to The Tonight Show. I am your host, Pastor Alex. Happy Mother's Day to all my mamas in the house, and we have not celebrated them enough yet, so let's give them a big round of applause. All right. Well, hey, uh, at the dentist house, it's been a little busy this week. Me and the girls tried to do a craft yesterday for Mother's Day this week, and um, it took a lot of time. Actually, it involved hammers and nails, and um, I decided I would hold the nail and my daughter's with hammer, and then I almost lost two fingers. And so Brooklyn convinced me, Daddy, I have smaller fingers. Let me hold the nail. And that wasn't a good idea either, because then she definitely almost lost her two fingers. So it's been a little busy. And at the end of every week, I like to take care of some personal things. And so um, I like to take some time at the end of every week just to write some thank you cards. So I didn't get a chance to do that this week, getting ready for Mother's Day. So if it's all right with you, I'll just take some time. We'll write some thank you cards. Is that, is that okay? All right, cool. All right, all right. Take care of these thank you cards. Got them here in my pocket. And uh, you know what a good thing to have when you're writing thank you cards is? A pen. Rachel, can you throw me a pen, please? Thank you so much. You're the best mom ever. <laughs> all right. So, uh... I was thinking about these thank you cards, and when I write thank you cards, I, I kind of like to get in the zone, and I need a little soft piano whenever I get in the zone. So, Brian, do you think you could help me out with that? Show me what you got over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'll do it. That, that'll do just right. Thank you, sir. All right, well, uh, spend some time thinking about all the things I am thankful for that I know my wife is thankful for. When it comes to mothering, it's not easy. So, uh, thank you, coffee, for aiding the Holy Spirit and helping mom keep the tiny humans alive. It's a hard job, but thank goodness for coffee. Thank you, microwave, for reheating that coffee 500 times because mom can't finish it in one sitting. Microwaves, saving, honestly, lives, families, and marriages everywhere. Thank you, bath time, for helping mom make sure everyone inside or outside of the bathtub is equally clean. 
I don't know if you've ever had one of those experiences, but it's like the splash zone at SeaWorld in our bathroom when the girls are getting ready for bed. Thank you, bathrooms, for being the only place mom can go to get some peace and quiet. Now, I mentioned that earlier, but every mom in here knows it only takes about 4.8 seconds for your kids to know you're missing and then find you and put their fingers under the bathroom door. And what felt like a little fortress of solitude turns into a horror movie because those little hands are the creepiest things I've ever seen. Thank you, moms, for showing us that even when you just can, you still do. Moms, we love you. Thank you so much for everything you do for us, our families, our kids. And I have a special, special celebrity panel of moms that are going to be helping me out with the rest of the message today. So would everyone please help me welcome up my wife, Rachel, Jennifer Razor, and Jeannie Wybinga. Thank you very much. Well, we've got some, some questions for these ladies who are uh, varying stages of the mom game. And so from a few years of experience to many years of experience. And so um, really what we want to do today is we want to take the scripture that we read during the sermon part of today, and we want to break that down and really get into the practical side of motherhood because I know it's hard, um, and I know... You need Jesus in the midst of it. And so we have three questions for these ladies today. So, Rachel, how have you cultivated a sincere faith in your walk with God? I think a big part of a sincere faith for me has been uh, my prayer life. I grew up in the church, so reading the Bible was something that became um, kind of very standard for me. Um, and then so once my prayer life grew, that grew me a lot. I had a friend one time point out in the Philippians 4, 6 verse how it says to pray in every situation with thanksgiving. Um, I really, that kind of hit home for me, and I began in every situation finding things to be thankful for, and that, um, that specifically encouraged my prayer life, and I could see God working in the hard. Um, I would say the other thing would be Faith that calls us to action. Um, I know having kids was definitely grew my faith um, because I was working and then I stayed home and so that was something that I had to have faith for God to provide and he did and he's provided ever since. Um, and then moving out to Arizona was another um, big step of faith that um, he really grew in our, my relationship with him. I think whenever we step out of our comfort zone, step out of what we can handle ourselves, um, it will automatically cause our faith to grow in Jesus. Yeah. Jennifer, how about you? I pretty much have the same answer. Um, All right. <laughs> um, for me, the, when I saw the question the first time, I thought of um, Joshua 24, 15, choose this day whom you will serve. Mm -hmm. And I think that living a Christian life is sometimes we think too far ahead and we forget that we need to choose God daily 
And it's in the little actions, I think, especially in parenting, that mount up to something greater than what we think they will. Um, I know that many times in my life when I've had a, I call it a crisis of faith where you're wrestling with God. And one time, major time I did that was when we moved here. Moving here was very, very hard. And I always feel like God is pushing in my heart, just saying, do you love me more? Do you love me more than anything? And every time I have to think about it, it's not just an automatic response, and I don't think it should be. I think it should be a place of reflection. Um, thankfully, I've always said yes so far. <laughs> and I pray that I always will. I also think it's trusting him. The Christmas before we moved here, I knew we were moving here, but we hadn't gotten here yet. And I was sitting in a Christmas Eve service, and I was just very distraught. And how can I possibly leave everything that I've ever known? And God said, I'm in Arizona too. Mm. And of course he is. I mean, most of you are like, oh, of course he's everywhere, right? I mean, I've been a Christian my whole life, too. And, but it was him pushing that, saying, I'm there. Yeah. I'm going to provide. I'm going, I know what's best for you. And I just remember feeling so much peace. And then, as you said, it's acting, acting upon that, obeying. The, your faith grows the most when you're obedient. You have to act on that faith, and you have to know that what you know in your head and heart, God is going to bring to fruition. This is Jeannie. Jeannie is our church grandma, all right? (laughs) It's it's an official title. We sponsor her, Um, okay? (laughs) Thank you very Um, much. So if you need a grandma in this church (laughs) and they live out of state or just not around, hey, Jeannie, she'll fill out the job, no problem. You're very kind. (laughs) Well, Jeannie, if they didn't steal all your answers, go ahead. Um, I went to a Christian college, very conventional, conservative Christian college, and one day I was walking through the bookstore and I picked up a book that was entitled Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. I didn't read the book, I didn't have to, because that title alone spoke volumes to me. Practicing the Presence of God. Knowing that the Holy Spirit is here, no matter where you are, And I've had to remind myself of that time and time again. But through that, I found that I I don't have a specific prayer time because I pray all day long. (laughs) You know, when when I go for a walk and I see something beautiful, I praise God for that. When I walk, when I drive past a police car, I'll stop. I, I pray for the policeman for his safety. When I see those jets flying overhead, I thank God for my freedom. Um, we pray all day long. When I'm reading something on Facebook and somebody is pouring out their heart, I pray for them. You know, just little prayers. Um, I praise God. Um, and we've, I, uh, through our marriage, through our life, we went through some tough times. Um, right after we were married, my husband was, was uh, diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer, and we weren't supposed to have kids. Well, four kids later, we know that the doctors don't know everything. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God overrules medical. Um, that was, a, and then God, and then he lost his job on top of all of that. That became a stepping, a, 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 um, a stone, a standing stone in our life, because God brought us through that. Then, two of my children, in their infancy, ended up in the hospital. My oldest for two weeks, my youngest, my bookend kids, um, for a week. That became another standing stone because God brought us through that. Um, The standing stones are there to remind us of those times that God has brought us through. 
Then we came through a major, major crisis when my husband was, um, was accused of child abuse as a teacher. God was in all of that. How can God be in something so terrible? Well, it's a long story, so I'm not going to tell that because I'm not on Alex's time. <laughs> okay. Anyhow. <laughs> we'll take it out of Jacob's time later. You're good. <laughs> but um, God brought us through all those things, and it's going back and looking at all of those things in our lives that we know that God is always there. He doesn't leave us. He never forsakes us. And, you know, I've even found that if I'm missing something, let's say I'm, I do rubber stamping, so I can't find a specific stamp. And I'll ask God, God, where is that stamp? Well, a couple minutes later, it's right where I, will, where I left it, of course. <laughs> but, those, you know, I find God even cares about those little things. Yeah. And if I can't find it, it's probably been stolen or I lost it totally. You know, it's got <laughs> whatever. But anyhow... Practicing the presence of God has brought me along to a point where um, my husband passed away 11 years ago. I had a solid rock to stand on, and my faith never wavered. Yeah. Thank you very much. Jennifer, what are some practical ways that you're seeing the faith, sincere faith, cultivated in you guys? What are some ways you're passing that down to your kids? So when I... So when I... Um, so the second question, the verse that came to mind was Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And I remember early in parenting, uh, my oldest is 18, I have four, four girls, um, I remember reading that last verse and thinking, wait a minute, doesn't that mean all the time? <laughs> Either I'm lying down or I'm not lying down. Either I'm in my house or I'm not in my house. And I thought that was a creative way of God to say, this is supposed to be happening all the time. You're supposed to be. Um, so my thing that I would say, even I don't know how practical it is, but it's be intentional. You only get so many years with your children. And like I said, my oldest is 18, my youngest is 8. And so I'm kind of in that middle stage Right now, parenting, and because I think I have an 18-year-old, and um, I have a 16 and a 13, I see it all coming, that, that ending, not really an ending, but the childhood ending part. Yeah. And it makes me even want to be more intentional. Yeah. Like, it's just like, put the, like, put the pedal to the metal, like, I gotta do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not just me, it's my husband, too. I, I know it's Mother's Day, but my husband does a great job, too, with, my, with our kids. Um, and... <laughs> Don't I, say that till Father's I'm sorry. Day. We gotta hold that. <laughs> well, I, it's getting close. But I want to say one thing, and you kind of mentioned already. You actually have mentioned all my points too. Um, but that parenting is discipleship, and I yeah. think that's something else that I've really tried to think about. And when we, it's not just like we have family devotions in the morning. Um, I homeschool, so I'm really grateful for homeschooling. I'm not saying everybody should homeschool at all. Please don't hear me like that. But I get lazy, and so homeschooling actually is the catalyst in our lives to make me be intentional. It's in our curriculum. It's in the girl. Like, it's a subject, I guess you could say. Um, I encourage them to have their own. Like, they read their Bibles on their own in the morning before they start school. We also have family devotion time. And so I think there's a, when you have this paradigm shift of faith is not just a part of your life. Your whole life is built on your faith. Then, you, then it becomes, oh, we don't just go to church on Sunday or have talk about it once in a while. 
everything you do in your life is teaching your children about God, yeah. whether it's science or whether it's, um, my husband um, teaches apologetics, and so we also teach, apolo he teaches apologetics to our children. Um, <laughs> I have taught it also, but not at the same level he does. And I think that's another way that we're intentional because I want my children, I don't want my children to have my faith. I want my children to have their faith, and yeah. I want my children to have their own relationship with God. And when they question, I want them to know that it's not because mom and dad said it, because I'm fallible, I'm a human, but I want them to know that Christianity, their faith is based on truth, and that truth has evidence, and that truth will carry them through when mom and dad can't answer their questions anymore. It's, it's something more than us. So um, let me just look down here real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we also, I also love um, homeschooling just in the way that it gives us time. Um, I feel like I need all the time I can get with my children to make an impact on their lives. And I am so grateful for homeschooling because they're with us a lot, but that just gives me time. Yeah. And I really, really am so thankful to God for that. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. All right, all my kids are grown up. So, <laughs> you know. Um, I am living with my second son, James. He was one of the chairmen over here. Um, but God has gifted, has blessed me with the, the same thing. We started homeschooling the kids this year. I'm living with um, uh, James and, and, his, and my favorite daughter-in-law that lives here, uh, Mel, <laughs> and their two children. And because I'm a teacher, a, a retired teacher, um, I am taking care of the instruction of Jordan, the, the seven-year-old little spitfire that walks around here. Um, and and the, we're trying really hard to break his bashful bone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that was sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyhow, there is, uh, we're, I think we're using the same curriculum. God's word, uh, my father's word. Yeah. Anyhow, um, it, it's really cool for me to be able to teach Jordan. And we, you know, we start every morning with our Bible story. And we've been watching um, Superbook uh, from Christian Broadcast Network. We, usually the stories are tied with the story that he'll be reading in our reading class. But you can take those lessons. One of his Bible verses was, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And the story then was about the, tens, the, the 12 spies. And I could say to him, now watch, those 10 spies leaned on their own understanding. It was only what they could see. But the two that's, that leaned on God's, God's word and God's promises, and you know, we talked about that, that they trusted in God. And because of their trust in God, they were able to go into the promised land. So, you know, take those, those things we get a chance to talk about um, all the time. And it, it's just really fun. You know, little things that he might ask me questions. It's starting to, to start to ask questions. And it's just really fun to be able to speak to him and to point him to the lessons that we've been learning out of Scripture. Yeah. Well, Rachel, we're going to skip to the last question for you, okay? I know you're ready to go with that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what would you say to moms who feel like they're behind or like they're missing the mark? Um, I would say that's good because if you think that you can do it in your own strength, you're wrong. Um, 
So I was, I had a hard time with this question. <laughs> Skip to it too. <laughs> um, so Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians that he has this thorn in his flesh. And he says that he has the thorn in his flesh because if he didn't, he might become conceited. We see Paul, he's did some awesome things for the kingdom. Um, I'm going to read real quick, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, and this is Paul talking, he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. First, we have to accept the grace. We are not enough. Um, I know I'm not enough, and God and Jesus are more than enough. So if we don't let him work through us, we're never gonna make, we're never gonna cut it. We're not gonna miss the mark every time. Um, and then also I think boasting about our weakness, be honest. Um, it does nobody any good to pretend that we're perfect. Um, like Alex talked about Facebook, Pinterest mom. Um, it looks great and yeah, it's fun to do fun things. Like, cool, do it. Um, but we have to be honest and um, vulnerable at times. I think for me, um, motherhood has been hard. My girls are <laughs> three, three five. five. They both have birthdays coming up, so it's getting me real confused. Uh, they're promoting themselves earlier, so I don't remember the real ages. Um, but from day one, um, motherhood hit me hard, and it's been a struggle. Um, I've struggled to find joy at times, and um, I thought there was something wrong about the way I felt a lot of times. And so I just wanna say for me, what I had to do is I had to run to Jesus. I had to be desperate for Jesus. And um, I think that is the main message. Like for, for me, if you're missing the mark, if you feel that, run to Jesus, get in his truth, his word, pray, journal. I journaled for real for the first time when I had kids. Um, we talked about, Alex and Jacob just finished up the sermon series um, about the kingdom and kind of our part to play in that. And um, if we're going to have kingdom impact with our kids, or whether they're, you know, like Alex said, biological kids, spiritual kids, if we're going to have a kingdom impact, we have to go to the king and be desperate for him and his, his grace and boast in his power not our weaknesses. Yeah. Ladies, thank you so much. We appreciate you. All right. All right. Well, church, let's pray. God, we love you, and we need you. Uh, not just the ladies in here, but today we want to pray a special prayer for our ladies, for our moms. Jesus, we pray first that they would find sincere faith in you, that they would find grace in you, and when things are not perfect, Jesus, that they would run to you, that they would find their identities in being daughters of the King, in being mothers to the precious souls that you have entrusted them with. And God, I pray that we would make the most of that, that we would pass down our faith, that the moms in here would see motherhood as a platform that they can make disciples, that they can 
be the church, display the kingdom by serving and showing the love of Jesus in their families and to their kids. And God, I pray that lives would be changed, not just the lives of their kids, but that you would use their kids like you used Timothy, and that generations and generations and generations to come would be impacted, and when the world would be changed because of the faithfulness of moms, because of the faithfulness of grandmas. And Father, I pray in here for all of us that have found ourselves tired, lost, broken, just confused, and outside of a relationship with you, Jesus. I pray that we would look to you, that we would look to the cross, and we would see forgiveness through your death, that we would see victory over sin, over death, and over the enemy in your resurrection. And we would see a God that loves us so much that no matter what we've done, no matter what we will do, that he sent his son to die for us. And if that's you in here this morning and you're in a place where you could say, honestly, I don't know if I've ever put my trust in Jesus. I don't know if I've ever walked into a relationship with him. I don't know if I've made him the Lord, the Savior of my life and trusted in him for the forgiveness of my sin. And that's something that you would like to do this morning. On your Connect card that you picked up when you came in here, there's a spot that said, I'd like to begin, it says, I would like to begin a relationship with Jesus. God, I pray that you would give those people in here that you're calling to take a next step with you to boldness and confidence to check that box, that we could discuss what that looks like. A few moms in here that just feel like you're at the, the end of the road. Jesus, I pray that you would meet them right where they are, that they can turn to you that they could find grace, that they could find your love, that they could find mercy. And in a relationship with you, they could continue on, not in their own strength any longer, but in the strength of the Holy Spirit. God, thank you for the moms. Thank you for the grandmothers. Thank you for the spiritual mothers in this room. I would not be who I am without those two incredible women in my life. I know that that story could be repeated over and over again throughout this church. Let us be a church of moms that love you, that run after you, and that change the world because of you and them, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.